I had the most awkward with threesome with one of my good friends and it accidentally happened and I'll blame drugs. I was uh, passing up this guy who I'd been seeing to her because she was like, I want someone who I a consistent partner. And I was like, well, I know this guy. He's like a total bachelor. He's like reliable in all of the ways. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, it's kind of awkward if I just like go, will you hang out with us? Like they kiss. And then there was a point when I was like, I feel like I should leave but I'm on shrooms and I stayed and and I like got involved, but my friend and I never touched. Oh, that makes it normal. And so it was like, I was, (laughs) there was a point afterwards. It was like, like there was one point when he, it was like, I don't want to get too graphic. Cause like, you know, my good Christian family would might listen to this, but there was one point afterwards where I was like, um, I don't know if she will ever speak to me again because I don't know how this happened. But the next day, I was like, are we good? She's like, yeah, see you at yoga. Let's never talk about this. But first, a word from our sponsors. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by Audio Desires, an erotic audio platform dedicated to giving you the best oral sex you can have. With hundreds of sexy stories in three different languages and a sleek, user-friendly design, Audio Desires is the right fit to get you in the mood. Enjoy 50% off an annual membership or 20% off a monthly membership when you use promo code MANHOR at audiodesires.com. Beducated.com teaches you real sex techniques using real people, not just diagrams and pussy puppets. Get 70% off an annual membership with code MANHOR at beducated.com. That's code MANHOR at B E D U C A T E D.com. Or click the link in the show notes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to all the hopeless romantics and desirable deviants out there. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. I got another sex-positive conversation for you this week. Uh, my guest today is Kate Robards, very funny comedian. We had a really fun conversation. I think she's got a very relatable story for a lot of y'all out there who have experimented with open relationships. And we're also going to figure out if you should have threesomes with your friends. Uh, I'm very excited to share that conversation in a little bit. The gig upstate with Andrea Allen went well. That was, I think, a surprise to both of us. Uh, Andrea and I spent a whole lot of time in a car together. It was because we drove through a blizzard against the advice of counsel. We we drove like eight, eight and a half hours up to the Canadian border to to a veterans hall. That had signs plastered all over the place, no foul language allowed. And it was like, mm, no one told us we had to work clean. Oh, shit. But then the, the producer who was, who was emceeing the event, he got up and he opened with a joke about having a 16-inch dick, which I promise you he does not. 
Uh, but we, we, we heard him say dick multiple times and just Andrea and I looked at each other like, oh, we're going to be good. Whew, fine. Yeah, we can talk about cum. If you tell us we can't talk about cum, I mean, that does take a good chunk out of both of our acts. And we had to fill an hour and a half together. So very, uh, very, very relieved. You know, it's uh, you go up to a place like an upstate New York and you just don't know how raw you can get. But uh, it was a good crowd. Had fun. And then the plan was, you know, we tried to find a couch to crash on like somewhere between Albany and and the gig and. We failed with that, and then we figured we'll just bite the bullet. We'll do the safe and responsible thing, and we'll drive a couple hours, get a motel room, and drive the way the rest of the way back in the morning. But show's done. It's like 10.30. I think we got out of there by like 11, and we looked at each other like, we're not going to do the safe and responsible thing. I looked around. I was like, yo, I think we can do it. And by we, I mean me. Andrew does not know how to operate a vehicle, so she does not have a license. This is all on me. <laughs> she is the moral support and DJ in the car, but I was like, I think I can do it. And shout out to five hour energy. Oh my, I took one of their extra strength shots. This is not a, a paid plug, but I took one of their shots at like 1130 and I powered through six hours. They, I took a five hour energy shot. I got six hours out of it. That was amazing. Andrea fell asleep around two 30 in the morning. I was just kind of all on my own. She woke up at the GW bridge and she's like, Oh my God, we didn't die. What she doesn't know is that while she was asleep, we we definitely almost had at least one encounter with the snow. Kind of the problem driving a Toyota Camry through a blizzard is um, it's a Toyota Camry in a blizzard. Not the safest thing to do, but you know what? Hey, we pump those brakes, we stay steady, we don't panic, and we we, we get we get through the ice. I was really nervous because I was like, you know, if, if we crashed and died, I felt like more people in the comedy community would be mad at me. Because I killed Andrea Allen, you know, like they would, they like I'd be dead too, but the the memorial would be for her. She's very popular around here, and so I was like, ah, I can't, I can't take away their come queen. I gotta get Andrea back safe. She is precious cargo. Um, but again, thanks to Five Hour Energy Shot getting me through the drive, folks. Uh, you know, before I get to this week's guest, Kate Robards. Sometimes I get listener questions that. I'm not qualified to answer. And by some, I mean like most questions, I'm not qualified to answer. But really the only thing you need to uh, give advice is to be asked for advice, right? Uh, I'm not I'm not an expert. I'm just a comedian with a fuck show. But y'all will be like, oh, you know, how do I, how do I organize a gangbang? And I'm like, well, you know, I got experience with that. I can help. But sometimes I can't. I'm starting to bring in friends of the pod who are more expert than I am. A few weeks ago, we had on Dr. David Lay, talked about a narcissistic uh, boss someone was having an affair with. And uh, and I'm bringing back another past guest of the show, Dr. Ina Park, to help me with a listener question about yeast infections and UTIs, maybe debunking or confirming a myth or two. Uh, you may remember Dr. Ina Park. She was on the show back on episode 380. She has a book out called Strange Bedfellows, Adventures in the Science, History, and Surprising Secrets of STDs. So if you uh, find her information useful, you should go get her book, learn even more. All right, everybody, I am back with Dr. Ina Park, the author of uh, Strange Bedfellows, Adventures in the Science, History, and Surprising Secrets of STDs. Uh, she was on the podcast, I believe, last year, and I want to welcome back uh, to help me with this question, Dr. Ina Park. Hello. Hi, Billy. Thanks for coming back to help out. I uh, 
I got, I'm in a mood right now these days where I get a listener question that I am not qualified to answer. <laughs> Some would argue I'm not qualified to answer really any listener questions that have nothing to do with glory holes, you okay. know? So, so uh, I'm starting to bring in uh, past guests who, who I think can help out. Great. And I'm happy to oblige at any time. Yeah. I, I get this listener email and she writes in, hi, uh, I am fed up. With mm-hmm. me and my female friends getting UTIs left and right, mm-hmm. and none of the guys we fuck seem to get them too. What yep. gives? Yep. Also, I've heard a lot of things about you know how to prevent UTIs, like peeing immediately mm-hmm. after sex. Are are these suggestions real, or are they old wives' tales? And uh, and while you're at it, what's up with yeast infections? Oh right. Okay. Well, can I start <laughs> with the UTI thing first, Billy? Please. Because for anyone who's having penis and vagina sex, like this is real and it's something that folks have to deal with. And the difference is twofold. So first of all, if we think about the length of the urethra, so it's the distance between the bladder and the opening where you pee, right? That is much shorter on a female-bodied person than it is on someone with a penis. Even when there's thrusting happening, you don't propel a lot of bacteria backwards into the urethra in a guy. I mean, a little bit can happen, obviously, because that's how guys get chlamydia and gonorrhea. But uh-huh. for women um, or folks with a vagina, the, the urethra is so short that when thrusting happens, all the bacteria in the area. So there's bacteria from the vagina, there's skin bacteria, and then sometimes, you know, bacteria from your anus make it up into that area because it's all wet and stuff is happening, right? So... Um, <laughs> So is that the medical term for it? Stuff, stuff is happening. Stuff is happening, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you can imagine, Billy, like, so like, let's say thrusting is happening, right? And the mm. vagina and the urethra are right next to each other. So that thrusting motion is actually pushing bacteria up into the urethra and up into the bladder. Right. So that's why it's so easy. It's just so easy for someone with a vagina to get a UTI when they're having penis and vagina sex. What is a UTI? It just means it's a urinary tract infection, and that means any bacteria that go up there and start to grow can actually grow to these high numbers and then start to cause symptoms like pain, bleeding. You can have you know pus in your urine. So, um, And it can be very, very subtle, and it can also be dramatic where people are literally pissing blood. You know, to be frank, and and this and this can get caused by bacteria that's just like naturally in the penis. Well, not in the penis, but it's actually bacteria that um, from anything from yeah that you are living on your skin already, Billy, or that uh. are like are in the anal region of the you know of the person that's the receptive partner, right? Or the or vaginal bacteria. Yeah. Any of those bacteria can actually be thrust into the bladder and can start to grow out of control, which is why the whole peeing after sex thing is real. I mean, people oh. say that, and I have said that to many patients, and um, I have to say, it really does help. It doesn't help everybody, but if you are able to get up out of bed or wherever you had sex, go pee immediately after, that can mm. help. And then some people also you know, up the ante a little bit and they actually hop into the shower or the bathtub and just rinse the whole area out to rinse bacteria off. Um, and I don't know that that 
is that's a little bit more extreme. And some people who have suffered a lot of UTIs will both pee and rinse afterwards. But yeah. I say at a minimum, it's great for everyone to pee immediately, um, you know, after sex, penis and vagina sex. Is the, is the reason the shower is not like you're not so sure about because it's like it's not like you can really like scrub your urethra Exactly. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. But you know what I do think it does do is that like if there's bacteria from him – um, or bacteria from her and there's semen around and whatever. And, you know, if it's a little irritated down there anyway, Billy, and then you rinse all the bacteria off, you know, mm. that perhaps that reduces the amount of, you know, bacteria that's down there and maybe it would, you know, irritate it less. But yeah, you're right. You're not taking a little toothbrush or scrubber brush and getting into the urethra when, when you're there. You're just rinsing off sort of what was already there. But um, I actually think peeing, which flushes out the urethra is the best sort of preventive method there. It seems like if you have a vagina, just there's always going to be this risk. Is there like really no avoiding that? Condoms doesn't help. Yeah. You know, the, that's the thing is, well, condoms will protect you from like, let's say he's got chlamydia or gonorrhea or some other STI inside mm -hmm. his urethra. So the condoms are great for that. But they don't stop the fact that you have all these bacteria on your skin, vagina, and anal area. You know what I mean? Those can get in there even if he's wearing a well, condom. So your own bacteria it's can your fuck own you up. If you yes. Wow. It is, yeah, it is your own bacteria. It's often not your partner's bacteria. It's often your own bacteria that are getting into your own urinary tract. So does this also count? Like, do these, t does, uh, does peeing after, is, is that also for like if you dildo yourself? Like, should you also pee when you're done? Because like you're- yeah. You know, I think you it's a trial and error thing, as you know, wow. Billy, with everything like in your sex life, right? You you do things and you see what works for you and what doesn't. And so if you're somebody who just – some people get UTIs even if they dildo themselves and some people really only get them for partnered sex because yeah. when people, you know, use a dildo, they sometimes are not quite as vigorous as they are when they're having partnered sex. So sure. That but, risk and then, can get tired. Yeah, exactly. And then some people, as you know um, – you know, their like sort of vaginal ecosystem and their whole system is just so delicate that like they do anything and they just get tipped over into having a UTI. So people who do that are going to be wanting to pee after they use a dildo, after they have partnered sex. And then some people never have to pee after sex and they never get a UTI. So there's just a huge range wow. of, of experience and sort of susceptibility to getting a UTI after having sex. Can we talk about yeast also, Billy? Please, because I was going to say, and then that. what's the deal with the yeast infections? Yeah. So, um, you know, yeast actually live both, you know, on folks of all genders may have some yeast just sort of hanging out. Okay. And we call it, yeah, it, they, they call it sort of a colonizer, meaning it just sort of hangs out there. It doesn't cause a problem. And so yeah. what happens for some people is that- You're Christopher Columbus on my crotch. I know, is... I know. I don't like that word, but it's sort, <laughs> sort of the, you know, the medical microbiologic term that they use for it. But so what happens is when someone gets a yeast infection, the yeast that were already there- start to grow out of control. So it's like a balance. You have a balance. You already always have a little bit of yeast there, but if it starts to grow out of control, then you get a full-blown yeast infection and you get a discharge. It's itchy. It gets really irritated. It can look almost like um, like a thick, white, pasty, cottage cheesy kind of thing. Oh. And it's pain. And it's, it's so painful, Billy. It's really irritating. And if you try to have, you know, 
if you're if you have a vagina and then you actually try to put a penis in there or anything in there during that time, even a tampon can hurt. Like it's not. Oh. It can be very. Um, it can really be like inflammatory. It can be painful. So you know, you have to usually take some sort of medication to get the balance off, kill the yeast, put them under control. So there's both oral medication and there's also um, creams that you can insert inside the vagina that will take care of that. But but uh, guys can also, folks with a penis can also get yeast infections. It doesn't happen to guys who are circumcised that much, but the uncut guys under the foreskin, yeah, so if you don't have your foreskin, you know, that's one less thing you have to worry about. But if you have your foreskin, the uncut guys underneath the foreskin, they can also actually get a yeast infection. It's called balanitis. It's a different, yeah, they have a special word okay. just for the, yeah, just for the yeast infection under the, you know, around the head of the penis under the foreskin. Wow. Men just always want their own thing. Why can't we get a special term <laughs> for our yeast infections? Why can't we have like a, a, a male history month? It's it's just, a, it's, yeah, I you know, know, I know. Exhausting. All, I know. So yeah, so women, they call it vaginitis and for guys, they call it balanitis. But um, for a guy, you're obviously, you know, most of the time you're just taking a cream and rubbing it on the head of the penis, okay. um, you know, a couple times a day and that usually takes care of it. So and just to clarify for you know for people listening, it's like you wouldn't consider a yeast infection or UTI an STI. No, right? not at all. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that they can happen with sex, but a yeast infection, especially, can just happen to folks randomly, um, just because the balance gets off there. Like even if somebody wears like tight pants for too long, it, that can be enough to create the environment that caused the yeast to grow out of control. So again, I thought Gen Z was right about skinny jeans. Exactly, and so the thing is, is that you know it, you have to see how delicate is your vagina or your penis, right? Like some guys also who are not having partnered sex, but like, for example, they're, you know, they're uncut. So they have a foreskin. They just show up and they're like, what the hell? Like, why do I have yeast on my penis? I didn't do anything. And I said, yeah, you know, you just, sorry. It, they have to be really vigilant about keeping that area dry. And mm -hmm. some guys um, who have partnered sex, you know, with, with someone with a vagina, it's all moist and wet down there. So some guys have to rinse off their penis actually after sex and then dry it off so that mm. the yeast don't start to grow out of control. So you got to learn how to care for your genitals, keep them happy, Billy. And <laughs> that's a process of trial and error through our lives. Keep your genitals happy, everyone. Yes. Uh, Dr. Ina Park, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people go to, to find you to get your book? Yeah, they can um, They can come to Instagram. The links to buy the book are in my bio. It's Ina Park MD, so I-N-A-P-A-R-K-M-D, or my website, inapark.net, um, or on Twitter at Ina Park MD. Fantastic. Thanks again so much. And why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Again, the book uh, is Strange Bedfellows, Adventures in the Science, History, and Surprising Secrets of STDs. I will have a link in the show notes. Thanks again to, uh, to Ina for coming on and helping us out. Um, before I get to Kate Robards, let's just do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment. Okay, this is the part of the podcast where I like to th give a thank you because these people, they deserve thank yous. If you've never been able to throw a few shekels, a few bucks my way, hey, that is fine. That's okay. It is a free podcast. I know. But Fan Whore Nation is comprised of the all-stars. Fan Whore Nation has the whoreheads who keep this podcast going. They keep the lights on over my head and they keep the condoms securely on my cock by putting their credit cards down 
and letting me have a career. So I like to I like to give special thank yous uh, to each and every one of them today. I got a couple I want to shout out. Uh, first, I want to shout out to Venus Cuckoldress. Y'all remember Venus? She's past guest of the pod. How much fun did she have on the show? She joined the Patreon. Isn't that grand? Uh, thank you to the queen of the Canadian unicorns. I appreciate your support. And a big shout out to Bryant. Hey, Bryant, don't know your name. Don't know who you are. Really can't seem to find anything about you, but I do love your sister Lane's work. I hope she keeps it going. And I want to thank you for supporting the show. And you too can become a member today, enjoy a slew of great rewards, and earn my undying gratitude. I fucking love Fanhorn Nation. I love my Patreon peeps. Truly, y'all could unionize against me, and I, I would buckle right away. We wouldn't even get into, like, tough negotiations. I'd just be like, what do you need? I want to give it to you, because I, I very much appreciate y'all. Uh, become a member today. Support the whore you love at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. Uh, now for this week's guest, Kate Robards. Uh, Kate is a very funny comedian. Uh, it was great to get to know her. She has a very relatable story about what kind of sounds like, you know, poly, what Dan Savage calls puds, poly under duress. I mean, it's a little bit of, you know, her her path from monogamy to poly under duress to a more ethical and securely attached non-monogamy. I think you're going to like this one a lot. You may even find some answers for yourself in our conversation. Let's go have a chat. No ads today with Kate Robards. And you say that up front. Hey, good to see you again. It's been 12 years, but something you should know about me is that if you do want this, you know, you got to share it, right? That's well, like Well, it was uh, you know, it's in my it's in my bio. I I always put that right up top. What does it say exactly? I, I don't know what it said at the time, but something along the lines just says like non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I talk about sex. I kind of give all the things up front that you need that could be deal breakers. I'm non-monogamous. I talk about sex for a living. I have an OnlyFans. Like, things like this that could be, uh, you know, I'm a comic. That's a very reasonable deal breaker for most people, right? <laughs> Is it? Is it? I think so. Uh, it's um, with <laughs> none of us should date. We should only basically date each other because we should only have to put up with each other. I See, feel like I refuse to date comics, but I also feel like so many people I date are like, I, w- I thought about doing comedy and I'm like, but you're too much of a coward. Oh, what, what, what kind of femdom shit is that? I'm speaking of femdom. I'm so into that. I just found out because I'm like mean. I made a man cry today. Oh my God. And I, which means I just got more powerful. This is but wild because I did mean. not. Re- I read you as a nice that's what southern I'm girl. And that's kind of my thing is that like I always thought I was a nice southern girl, but I like being mean to boys <laughs> and they love it. And, I, and my friend was telling me, about um what that what even a femdom is and it's like i'm like i had no idea Mm. i'm like i think i am one like (laughs) now are you do you like to be mean like you uh want to be degrading or do you like be mean like bratty bratty oh god you're that's the worst of the doms oh i mean i'm like classic little sister energy you know (laughs) like i like had older brother i was always following him and his friends around so one of the guys that i have been seeing recently he was telling me about how he was dating this girl who had who was like a sugar baby. Mm. And I'm not I always say, you know, I'm I'm not a sugar baby because I'm too dumb. I fuck for free. You know, <laughs> um but he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, her her like she fin doms, which is different from fem dom." Oh, fin doming is 
the best financial gig I ever domination. Had. It is so good. So he, I have never heard of it before. Do you want to like explain it to people? Oh, oh, they they they're they aware. They're I mean, one aware. of them it was you was my fin sub for a hot minute, oh uh, but it's gosh. like yeah, you just tell people like fuck you, pay me, and then they uh, they give you money and then they jerk off about it. It's great. Oh my gosh! So I I'm a divorcee. Okay. And I was in this like polyamorous marriage that you know went terribly wrong. Um, but right, comedian th- Kate Robar is just like really slipping in <laughs> the conceit of casual. the episode right there. But <laughs> Very well, nice. I'm happy for them because he, we are like third our polyamorous partner, our like paramour or whatever. They're now married. Okay, so that's like a fun little twist. And she's she goes to Yale. Was she the Findom? No, oh, I. But in the end of our relationship, the only thing I had control, like I was like I didn't want to have sex with him, but I was like like spending so much of his money and he's like I really wish you wouldn't spend this money like you spent a lot of money I'm like oh really you you wish I wouldn't fucking spend your money I'm like I bet you wish that you know I bet like and I was so mean and cruel about it and he would like beg me to spend less I was like I think I kind of did that with my ex-husband oh my I'm like gosh. I'm going to Budapest with my girlfriends and we're charging this on your credit card <laughs> like, and what did he say to that he's like no please don't please no don't um wow that's that's exactly what's happening i I just learned about this though yeah well i'm not as successfully as i would like because this guy was telling me his ex-girlfriend was gonna furnish his apartment because she's a fin dom Mm -hmm. and i was like what happened why don't you have furniture he said well we broke i broke up with her before i was like loser you (laughs) loser and also can she like call me and teach me just when you tweet say like i wish someone would you know buy me something just like put hashtag fin dom hashtag pay pig someone will slide into your dm yeah pay pigs okay so whoever's listening to this hashtag fin dom (laughs) i was like i think you have to tweet it i don't know if you can say it on a podcast okay it's worth trying you we'll never see if know. anyone slides in and says like what's your venmo mistress at katherine dash robards <laughs> i mean my i had a single mom and she was like my dad drug her through the mud okay. so she was like his fandom and she had no money and she like paid his child support and bought him clothes and so i think like i was like oh he definitely was winning in that situation so i just like the idea of fandoming is like oh that person's winning you know. Oh yeah, it's. I think it's the best of the sex work because you also don't even have to touch anybody. Hello. <laughs> hey, there's somebody drilling. Yeah, what's going? What kind of weird vibrator? I mean, because I have one of those weird vibrators that shakes the entire building, but that's not <laughs> what it sounds like. That is not a motor bunny. Uh, promo code manhor, but that's. I think we'll be all right. I don't think it's going to show up and drown out the voice of my guest, uh, Kate Robards, hey, y'all. fellow comic, uh, the, the gal behind the one woman show, Polly Shamery, which I found almost offensive. Uh, <laughs> so many people in the poly community were so upset. Were so they? upset. Because they're like, there's already enough bad rep on mm-hmm. it. Like, how dare you? Um, but like, I think for me, poly shamery, it was like my, my this one experience of being married and in this polyamorous relationship, yeah. it was not right. You know, like I read The Ethical Slut and The Polyamorous Next Door and I was like living in the Bay Area. So I felt like it was very, you know, normalized yeah. there. But it was literally about this bad scenario but the sham for me was always the root of shame and how Uh, like and and it just i thought it was a cute title but like i grew up in such a conservative christian area where like you know 
people, you just were traditional and you cheated on each other. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, one, like, uh, one of the jokes uh, I do is like, uh, you know, I explained a non-monogamy to my girlfriend. It was new for her. Hey, we're going to talk to each other. We're going to have sex with other people. We're going to communicate. We're going to set our own rules. And she's like, I mean, okay, but it really takes the fun out of the cheating. Like that's <laughs> the deceit is what the fun part is. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what was what was the downfall of this the sham of a marriage? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of things. I was young when I got married, but I also think like I didn't understand. I'm still dealing with um, stale. I like I have corrected some of my language, but I'm still dealing with um, like a bunch of residual stuff from childhood. And I think the whole communication thing is an issue for a lot of people and figuring out that. And I think sometimes like if I was a little older and I knew what I knew now, I would be mm-hmm. able to handle it. But the jealousy and the like, you know, I shut down in some ways um, my ability to like be receptive. And there was, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of deceit and it wasn't like as open. And that's why I think some people I know who are in uh, polyamorous relationships or ethically non-monogamous, they do have different rules where it's like kind of like a don't ask, don't tell policy. And, or like there's one, one of my friends who's in a very successful partnership. They have a thing where he travels a lot for work and when they're not together, they both like, of course, they communicate, but they don't. He doesn't need to say everyone he's with. Yeah, it's like they have their rules of like a condom contract and like condom compact, all of these things. When someone's away, that's the time to play with others, right? Or something like that. And then they prioritize each other above all other relationships. Yeah. And so I think like, okay, that really works for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, I think it's finding something that works for both parties, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I think my whole thing is that like a relationship should be whatever like the two or three or four or 12 people want the one relationship to be, right? <laughs> right. Like we should make our own rules. Like relationships should be customizable. customizable. And like once I, I view monogamy as like a fixed point at the end of a spectrum. So like if you're a couple who has like an annual threesome for your anniversary, mm-hmm. like guess what? You're not monogamous either. Mm-hmm, Welcome mm-hmm. to the club because everything short of monogamy is just like whatever, like there's infinite ways to do it. And you get to make whatever rules you, you want to make anals your special hole for each other. You can do that. <laughs> That's why I think it's great. I think you make whatever rules you want. Um, you know, what kind of rules did you, did you, did y'all have? Um, it started off as like, like someone for him, someone for it me. It started monogamously though, right? It started super traditional, like so we were monogamous, but like someone for him, someone for me and not necessarily someone for us to share. Okay. But if that happened, great, you know, mm-hmm. like cool. But it Only actually- Only one somebody else for each um, at a time? Well, and that, I think it was always like, it was the hypothetical ideal of like, we don't believe, we're getting married, we're both young, we really don't believe. Well, I think when we did get married, we thought we would be with each other forever. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, long distance, you're together for years, and um, you look other places. But I think the in, the entree, one of my jokes was like, um, you know, do you know what polyamory is? Then I explain it. And then it's like, do you know what a threesome is? Everybody knows what, a, you know, menage a trois, whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's the polyamory gateway drug. It is. It is. It very and much so is. that was like our kind of thing was like, we were always both open to this threesome idea. And we had this really bad experience where we were like on the apps mm-hmm. and of course, I feel like as the woman, I was doing all the groundwork because I feel like men are like, I'm going to scare them off. And I, now at this point, I'm like, 
if you can't do the legwork to like get this threesome, because I've I've had to like orchestrate this mm -hmm. too many times for people, for men. I put all this legwork into it. We found this chick. She was beautiful, yeah. had been talking to her for a long time. And then we were going to like wine and dine her. She seemed so cool. And then the night of, and I have to make sure I'm not like transphobic because it wasn't a trans person. It was a, it was the he, the she was a he. Okay. And it wasn't a trans person. It was just a guy who's like, actually, I'm a guy. And I do this to get off. Oh, he catfished? He was cat. I was totally catfished. You were I was catfished. Threesome catfished. Threesome catfished. And all this work had gone into it. We're like literally getting stood up for dinner. And I that was the oh, point. Oh, he didn't show up. Either. No. Oh. And so that was the point when I was like, Josh, you got to, because I'm busy. I'm like, you yeah. got to put, oh, that's my ex's name. <laughs> sure. You got to put all the work into this because the, what a waste of time but now the new reason that i'm really reluctant to do like a coordinating with mm -hmm. a woman is like in our current culture right mm -hmm. like we're in a a me too post me too era mm -hmm. and with the whole Ghislaine thing Ghislaine maxwell where she was like you know um grooming these women these young women or whatever i mean she was grooming underage women <laughs> she was but at the same time i'm like i can't be Ghislaining people right i can't because like the guys that want to have threesomes are all like, oh, that chick is like, like your 22-year-old friend is so hot. Your 21-year-old mm. friend is so hot. I'm like, I know that I could have a threesome with her. <laughs> I don't know if she wants your ugly ass, okay? Oh, oh. And like, I'm not going to be the facilitator for that. You have to ask for consent. I'm not going to be your bait. I'm not going to be uh -huh. your lure. Like, you have to vibe it out with this person because I'm like, I'm pretty confident, like, they'd be down for me. Sure, but it's good. It, it's helpful. I'm not going to endorse. I'm not going to sign off on it. You got to do your own sure. work. I think, I mean, it depends on like how you go. If it has to do with like a friend who already exists, one, if they're only ever pointing out like your 21, 22 year old friends, it's a little red flaggy to right. me, right? right, right, right. Uh, if they're never into your 31 year old friend, I'm like, what's that about? No, totally. But, but if, if, if it's like a friend thing mm -hmm. and it's like, well, oh gosh, I'd love to have a threesome with your friend Cheryl. What mm -hmm. about you? Yeah, yeah. It's good if you like, offer the floater because otherwise mm -hmm. it looks circumventy like he's trying to get around you to get mm -hmm. to her at least if you've brought it up to her like hey would you be interested maybe yeah I mean, then you can told, let, then you can like connect yeah. the two and let them work that out i pretty much told all of my friends like i'm accepting headshots resumes <laughs> I, like let me know if you're interested in a cuddle puddle orgy weekend yeah. like I think sex parties are lame at this point. You're you like having threesomes with your friends? I don't I wouldn't say I like it, but like it has happened. I'm mm -hmm. um, like it's funny cuz I it's not funny, but I was dating a 26-year-old guy who's from New York who like went to Oberlin and then came back to New York City, New York City. And he was just his mentality was so different cuz he's slept with literally all of his friends, like men and women. Okay. And I was just like, "Huh?" Cuz that's like so not my experience growing up. It's like like if you if you have sex with someone you're a whore. Like, you know, like right, you're right. supposed to save yourself for marriage. And then if you do have sex with someone, it should be because you believe you're going to marry that person. And a lot of people do, right? Yeah. Um but so this idea of like he was just like, oh yeah, all my all my friends sleep together. I was like, what kind of New York City, like intellectual <laughs> shit is this? You know, yeah. I had the most awkward with threesome with one of my good friends, and it accidentally happened. And I'll blame drugs. Okay, but I was like passing off this guy who I had been Christians seeing. love blaming things besides themselves. Honestly, for their own truly, I was <laughs> I was uh, passing off this guy who I had been seeing. 
to her because she was like, I want someone who I can just like, you know, everyone I, I go out with, they just want to hook up for a month and they never want to see me again. Mm. She's like, I just want to like have sex with someone right like i don't even need to consistently a consistent partner and i was like well i know this guy he's like a total bachelor he's like reliable in all of the ways and she was like well it's kind of awkward if i just like go will you hang out with us for the first time before i fuck your was this a boyfriend or a fuck buddy of yours i first of all i don't i wouldn't say fuck buddy i would say um compartmentalized sexual partner (laughs) wow (laughs) Okay, now who's using that? My therapist literally, because I like grew up so Christian that I was like in my head, I'm like, if I have sex with someone, I have to love them. Yeah. Because that makes like Jesus forgive me. And it's like the more syllables you put in the phrase, the less like accountable you are to the sex you're having with them. Right. Well, well, she was literally like, learn to have compartmentalized (laughs) sex. Cause I'm, cause I'm like, like, I like have sex with someone. I'm like, do you love me? I love you. Like, it was, it's a lot. Like, it was a lot. And this was coming out of my divorce. And I was just like, oh, we're in love. Like, (laughs) I gave you my vagine. Like, that means that like something, right? Like, God hath ordained our connection if like, we have good sex and you make me laugh like why wouldn't we do this we know each other biblically like we're getting <laughs> married and anyway I'm, i was working to separate this and so yeah. my therapist was literally like you need to learn how to have compartmentalized sex and i was like what like she's like you need to learn how to have sex without expectations that they're go- like all of these needs that you usually rely on a partner to fulfill you need to f- fulfill those for yourself and let them fulfill like the sex need and you you also need to fulfill your own sexual needs anyway so i had been having sex with this guy for way too long not too long but in my therapist was kind of like you did the task you've marked you've checked that box you're doing great like Mm -hmm. you can let him go (laughs) (laughs) and um and anyway, he was still ra- around, and like, if I wasn't seeing anyone, you know, you're doing like, a good deed and being like, okay, I'm going to pass this good dick off to my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for understanding. So, um, we go over whatever, and um, they end up like, like they kiss, and then there was a point when I was like, I feel like I should leave, but I'm on shrooms, and I like, like been, dream- I was like, and I stayed, and then I like got involved, but my friend and I never touched. Oh, that makes it normal. And so it was like I was there was a point afterwards. It was like like there was one point when he it was like I don't want to get too graphic cuz like you know, my good Christian family would might listen to this. But there was one point afterwards where I was like um I don't know if she will ever speak to me again cuz I don't know how that's happened, but um the next I was like, are we good? Like the next day I was like, are we good? She's like, yeah, see you at yoga. Let's never talk about this. What, did your like lips touch when she went from balls to shaft and you went shaft to balls and it was weird? No, it was, was literally. Was that the weird part for you too? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was literally like, like he was going down. On, she was like up on this thing. He was going down on her. Okay. And then he like, she was like on a couch. He's going down on her. And then he had like a hard, like a boner, obviously. And I was like, you should leave. Or have sex with this man. And um, I'm going to leave it up to the imagination to what happened. But it was like, it was really funny to me. Like, we're friends. We're really good friends. And I was like, oh, is this going to be weird? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of like the only friend I've had sex with. And it was the least, like, for for the most part, when I... um, have sex with someone or like a relationship mm-hmm. with them. I hate them afterwards. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm not kidding. No, I, I just, I don't have sex with my friends. 
I don't. That's okay. No one's making you. I think uh, the stop the trying whole, to tell, no. The whole point of all this is to fuck who you want right. or don't, and don't who you don't. But I just think it's so fascinating with all of these friend groups that have had sex together, and it's something I'm very open to. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, like I said, a lot of my friends um, are ethically non-monogamous mm-hmm. and very open about it. These friends are mostly in the Bay Area, but I'm meeting more people in New York who are doing this. And I always remind people, I'm like, you know, The Bachelor is just polyamory brought to you by ABC, (laughs) you know, because they're literally hooking up with all of these people. And it's like actually less outside the box than you would think. And people in New York are always dating multiple people and hooking up with multiple people. I always hear this like, well, in New York, people date multiple people. It's like, no, people, we just have more people here and we can. (laughs) Like if you were in Madison, Ohio and could date, go on five dates in a week, like you would, you right, just right, right. can't. Um, I mean, just I know one. I know one woman in Ohio who like she writes into me always frustrated because like every guy she sets something up with cancels right away, and then it takes her forever even to match with somebody because there's nobody there. Like yeah. that's why you know, and it's... we don't suffer <laughs> options. Sure. Well, so we don't lack for options. <laughs> so, so your your former marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm curious when you, when you reach out. And I was looking into your stuff. I was like, hmm, this plays interestingly into my current situation with this with with wallet note lady. And so sweet. What are what are benefits of monogamy to you? I think it can be really beautiful. I, I, for the record, I will say since my divorce, the only time that I was in this monogamous relationship was during the pandemic. And so I wonder I'm like, I'm sure that influenced it. Um, and I dated him for longer, but it was like literally I was more afraid of COVID than I was on STD. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the, but the ex-husband, that started off monogamously as well. You've monogamous, done monogamous. And it was beautiful. And it was – so the for me, the um, the beauty of monogamy is that there's this person – which is, and I, and I want to say, I, I understand it's not exclusive for monogamy, but there's this person who cares about you mm-hmm. and your well-being in all of the ways. And you get, especially being married, you get the perks of all of their family. If they mm-hmm. come from a, like my ex had a way better family than I did. Okay. He had this like nuclear traditional family. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is what I've always wanted. And, you know, um, it was, it, it just felt really secure and, I th- once again, I think that you can have that in non-monogamous ways, but I think from a from a like truly uh, open-minded standpoint, I just don't think that it is possible. I really don't believe that monogamy is possible. My father always has. Oh, you said don't that monogamy is not possible. I don't think monogamy is like realistic. Mm-hmm. I think we live. I mean, I don't. I'm like I. I think like we do live way longer now than we ever have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like looking into, I'm sure you know all this, but like the penis is shaped like a shovel to scoop out competitor sperm, you know? Yeah. Why is the penis shaped like that by Jesse Baring? Yeah. That's, see, that's amazing. It's like, there's so many reasons and it's like made the strongest sperm win. Um, and from a, you know, which is funny cause, uh, you know, if, if you get them pregnant for some people, not getting them pregnant is the winning. It's like, you know what? Let some other sperm be the winner. Um, I'm happy winning without the kid. But I, you know, going back to my relationship, I, you know, we had a great couple of years in yeah. the beginning 
for me at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use my I statements. We met on 10, no, okay, Cupid. <laughs> okay. Because that was trendier. I mean, pe- people still use that. Yeah. Um, I was working as, uh, I was work- going, um, living in like each three, a city for three and a half months, pretty much mm. around the world. I was um, a nanny for this Grammy award winning opera singer. And it was, you know, I graduated during a recession, uh, mm. undergrad, and um, I would line up dates on these cities just to like kind of get to know things. He was my first date in DC. And I immediately, we, it was like an eight hour date and it was just so amazing. And, um, he was so rich. <laughs> You're talking so before, like, money. although you get the benefits of no. their family, and you were like, they're they have a really money. nice family. They have a really, they have a yeah. lot. They have family money. No, he was like in law school. You know, it was, it was a really, it was a really, it was a really dope situation. And I'm from like rural Texas with a single mom who like grew up in the poverty line. So I was like, oh my god, I'm pretty woman, you know, <laughs> um, without the sex work. Right. But and you know, it was very sweet. But I say this to say, I never believed because my dad always had affairs on my mom that it was possible or realistic to expect someone to not at least look the other way yeah and i know people who really think that right you thought that like in high school i think well in high school like when when did you start like losing faith i have an older brother so i used to hear what they would say him and his friends would say about women yeah and like i was just like oh they really and I know that there's men out there who are, and people or mm-hmm. who respect all people, but that's just not. You know, I'm from Texas. Like, you know, we elect, we we all they all voted for Trump with the grab the pussy thing. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I just hear how men talk about women mm-hmm. and the objectification of women's bodies, and you know, I I just feel like it was unrealistic. It was too much to ask. Absolutely, right? too much to ask. Um, but I couldn't contend that thought with my jealousy yeah, with my ex. Cause it was like, and what I've learned um, is that it was a true physiological response. My dad left my mom for another family. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a lot of trauma. And it was like, in a way I was doing um, this like kind of trauma cycle of like every person's going to leave me for someone else, yeah. which I've, I'm happy to say like, I've done some work on. And that's what I mean where I'm like, oh, it wasn't in a healthy scenario for us to start this. Okay. And I wasn't in a place where I could like, you have to really be doing your work if you want to be, you know, open, poly, ethically non-monogamous, mm. whatever your your deal is. You got to do the work. And I, yeah. I was like, I'm reading, you know, but it's like one thing to read and it's another thing to practice. Another thing I, I hear people uh, mention is that they'll feel sometimes feel bad when a partner's with somebody else Mm -hmm. and think that that's proof that this whole thing doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Were you always feeling just heart-wrenching reactions anytime he was with somebody else? Or was it just at sometimes you were feeling a thing? It was, and I don't want to villainize anybody, but it was like a physiological response of like my blood pressure is through the roof. Mm -hmm. But there were some things that were just like, like, for example, we were doing long distance and I thought that there was this person who we were like going to see together and who he had been like going out with. But I didn't realize that he was like paying for an apartment for her that he had furnished. And so there are all of these things. And then it was like, I think the main thing is like being autonomous in your decisions and mm-hmm. making them together. Because at that point, 
when we were polyamorous, this is why I call it polyamorous. It was like the train was moving and I was running to catch up with it. Mm. And like I had, cl- I clung on, but I was like getting my legs broken as they're beating along the tracks. Well, Let's catch up to that in a moment. What so what was the beginning monogamous times like? And was everyone faithful during the monogamous uh, trial period, I should say? Well, it's interesting what people think of as faithful to me because, you know, um, I think going back to like there's that sexiness. I've heard of people who um, have affairs that the – attraction when we were talking about your person who said uh, you're like mm. oh that's the whole the lying is the whole the, <laughs> what did you say what was i it? mean she she didn't actually right. say that i just well, thought it was right. a fun joke but just the idea of like joke. that the um the deceit is part of the right. fun it is it is good and it, but i also think that's super accurate because they say people who uh, are constantly doing those like they're trying to trick people it's they're addicted to the deceit. Mm-hmm. They're not addicted to necessarily cheat like cheating. It's not the know? sex that they need to get more of. It's that they need that excitement. They need something the thrill. Like it feels life. Yeah. And lying to someone, living a second life and trying to like manage all things can be exciting. Right. Yeah. Well Do you feel like you're getting away with something, I guess? Or I'm very honest in relationships, so I tend to not like do the cheating things. So I don't know what that thrill is like. It sounds very anxiety inducing for me, like to lie and then keep up a lie and remember like what I said about the, that all sounds no thank you. I'd rather just like put it on the table mm-hmm. and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's how I feel now. And that's how I am in my current relationship. That was a big thing that I got to in the current relationship I have is that he has this relationship that he was dating a woman before me. Mm-hmm. We both met like kind of on the rebound and they have a very special bond and connection. And he was always apologizing for it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to honor that. And if you guys can get back together, like all power for you. I just want to know, you know, like I just want to be privy on it because I'm because I'm also very intuitive and I can tell when y'all are talking and when y'all aren't. And it makes me feel crazy. And that was like kind of like another thing of what I learned in my relationship with my ex. It's like you have to be transparent. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I want you to be transparent and I'm going to honor that to you as well but you gotta tell me yeah. like that's that's my biggest thing sorry to interrupt oh so very rude of me i want to tell you about something new here at the man whore podcast our super free super sex positive discord server the champagne room is nothing new hundreds of whoreheads are in there chatting about life love sex toys video games politics and sharing pictures of their cute pets the Champagne Room is also a great place to connect with fellow fan whores to discuss specific man whore podcast episodes. Starting this week, I'll be popping in mid-show to give you the week's episode icebreaker. Want to share your answer? Want to read or join the conversation? Then go to manwhorepod.com discord. Introduce yourself. Then pop over to the episode discussion channel. Of course, you don't have to answer the episode icebreaker to share your comments and thoughts about the guests or the topics of the episode, but this should help you if you have just so much to say and don't know where to start. Okay, by now, you've gone to manwhorepod.com discord while you've been listening to this luscious, unhydrated, manly voice over here. Uh, maybe you download the Discord app on your mobile device. You're in the champagne room. You probably checked out the Selfies Only channel to see if there are any hotties in Fan Whore Nation. Spoiler alert, there are. 
And now you want this week's episode icebreaker. Okay, here you go. What is your opening up origin story? Pop into the episode discussion channel and tell us how you first opened up a relationship. Or, hey, you can tell us just your general thoughts about this week's guest, Kate Robards, the advice from Dr. Ina Park, or any of the topics we're covering on the show. One more time, visit manhorpod.com slash discord and share your opening up origin story. Okay, now back to the show. How did y'all first approach not being monogamous anymore? Who came to who? What were the circumstances? What were those early discussions? Me and my ex-husband? Yeah. I was living in the Bay Area, going to graduate school, studying um, literature and writing, reading the classics, you know, Bovary by um, Madame Bovary by... Sure. uh, Marcel, who no, I don't even know if that's the title of the author, right? Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, I swear I read that book. Um, God, I can't remember. In Search of Lost Time, you know, The Ethical Slut, all of these classics, right? That's great, but and it's by that's by like a Cal professor, so it was very much like my a lot of my professors were you know older and had been in this space where they were doing like a lifestyle Mm -hmm. like this for years, you know, um, and I just, I'm in the arts, so it was like always knowing people who would have multiple partners in a home on different floors, mm-hmm. and like those situations were not uncommon. And so um, we were both. I'm like my ex and I were so intellectual that we were like, oh, this is kind of what we've been talking about. Um, once again, I think like in hindsight, I just couldn't get there emotionally, like intellectually, I could because of X, Y, and Z, like. We weren't on the same page. We weren't transparent. We weren't telling each other from both ends, me too, about um, why, like what was going on because we were new to it and we were kids and it was like, um, we were just doing it all wrong. Well, who's the first to approach the other? Um, He he knew way more about it than I did. Okay. Um, And I just came from this like provincial Christian upbringing where you know, that was my first foray into it. Right. So it felt so far removed. And like, I mean, I talk about having a coming out party, like, like literally like t- having to, like, it was so terrifying to tell my friends and family, like, you know, I'm polyamorous. Like, like they had no idea what that was. Did y'all when, well, I guess we'll, we'll stay on this one where the, the, the coming out talk, is that because there was another romantic partner you were going to need yeah. to introduce? Yeah. 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 Cause I, because my stance is it's not really like family doesn't really need to know unless they have to like meet a person. Like, yeah, you know, if they're not, if you're not monogamous, like they don't need to know who you're fucking. So my ex, my ex was like, you know, I want her to come here and but, like, but, but back up to yeah. like the, how that got started. It was like, what was the early, that first conversation of like, maybe we should, or would you be into, what was that first talk like? Cause I know a lot of couples, they're even the ones who are thinking about it. They don't even know how to have that first talk. I think ours was like, so this is not a good look, but it's the truth. It's the truth. So I always felt like he, um, there was like some infidelity on his part. Okay. But I hadn't like actually caught him. Okay. And so then I'm the kind of person like tit for tat. Like I said, I'm a little bratty. I'm like, oh, you want to you wanna do that? I got you and I'm going to raise you one. So then I had a little moment of infidelity. Okay. And then I'm like really sloppy and I'm, I left 
it on my phone because he was always, we were always looking for a threesome. So I would always tell, I would like, I was texting this person who I had hooked up with and he knew that they existed in my life and I was flirtatious with them, which was like also kind of hot for him because he's, um, he was into the whole, like, it's hot that someone else wants to sleep with you mm-hmm. vibe, which also I think is hot. And he was always like me trying to find a third, like, for, like, right. the, like a chick, like the unicorn. And so he was always like, oh, swiping. And then you take over the conversation. But a lot of times he'd be like, oh, are they, are you talking to them? And I would be talking to some, like this other person. But he'd always be like, no, 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 I'm talking to the unicorn. Um, that's that's yeah. my cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, and so I had left and, and he was like, genuinely, I think we were like genuinely not someone who was like snooping to catch somebody. Yeah. And then he was just like horny and curious, like, what has she been what? saying? And then she was like, he was like, oh, that's not what I was like trying to find. Yeah. And then he was just like, let's talk about that. Oh, and then I look at my phone. I was like, did you delete a, a message thread? He's like, I did. I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, do you want to talk about it? And he was like, well, I just want to say this is exactly what I've been wanting. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, open poly, this is it. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. And so it was once again, like, the train was already moving. And Did he, you ever get confirmation about whether or not he was cheating? I got confirmation on, After like, my fact. instinct. On my instinct. And I actually, I'm not somebody who, like, I know. Okay. In my, I'm like, I know in my creaky old bones. But I... But you still don't know, no. I yeah. didn't, okay. I, and I don't need to, okay. but like there's enough stuff in hindsight, but it's not like I was like, I'm going to prove this, but yeah. something that did happen was like quickly after he's like, I met someone. <laughs> he's like, and she's my girlfriend. I'm like, Paramore, you whoa. mean Paramore. And I literally, it was like, it was Where like, whoa. Paramore? Huh? Uh, not, not Metamore? Um, so I didn't know this. So I, I was like exactly metamor. Uh-huh. We ended up getting a sex therapist and the sex therapist was like, you're metamor, Kate. She's actually your metamor. And okay. I was like, you mean nemesis? <laughs> because you there's so much language and lingo and like <laughs> stuff that I hadn't caught up on. I can't believe I and just accidentally played your straight thank man you, in a bit. Thank you. Thank you. Walk oh, right into it. I really did. I'm a writer, really babe. Did. I'm a writer. <laughs> but it's true. It's like it's there's all that lingo. And um, and then they were like fully in a relationship. And I was so mad about that that like I was watching them fall in love mm-hmm. and like they were like working out together. And I was like, happy for you too. I'm 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 happy for I'm happy you for you too. And I was becoming so ugly because like, you know, when you're bitter and mean, it makes you ugly. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, I have a whole, I'm, I'm like, in, you know, I was 30 and she was 22. And so she also reminded me a lot of myself. Like when he met her, she was a nanny and she was like, anyway, it was like, there were a lot of weird parallels. Yeah. To us, she's also in the arts. She's an actor. She's like, so like you don't want to feel like it's just, oh, so you're just fucking a younger me. She was. That's literally how I felt. Right. But I was like a younger, better me, right. which in some ways at least was comforting because I'm like, she goes to Yale, right? <laughs> like she's like, like, I just now, never think that now. the 22 year. I never think the 22 year old is better. I'll always take yeah. the 42 year old version. God bless over you. The 22 you know what? Somebody give him. An award, all well, right. You, like, I, I saw something. I forget if it was in one of your interviews or if it was like in a trailer. I saw uh, that you had up, and it was just like you know. And, and uh, anybody looking for the thirty-year-old divorcee, 
I'm looking, I'm just like, I mean, yeah, me and probably most of Bushwick. Now that I do that joke, I'm like, okay, I realize that is kind of hot. Like, because yeah. when I wrote that, I, my self-esteem was so low because, you know. You thought you were washed up at 30. I literally felt like, I was like, this is the oldest I will ever get in my entire life. And now I'm too old for my 31-year-old husband. <laughs> and like, I now realize I was like, oh, that was a couple of years ago. Like, that is hot. I would fuck me. Like, yeah. you know, but um, confidence Loving yourself, I think a big thing for me um, that I also needed was like I needed someone to love me so much and it was insatiable. Mm -hmm. And I've really done work on trying to give that to myself because you can never expect one person or any other person mm -hmm. to give you everything you need. Absolutely. You know? And yet also, in my, if I'm really saying it, I would love someone to give me everything. <laughs> To give I you a what? Everything I need. I'm like, okay. I still have unrealistic expectations. No, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Independent of any of the poly stuff. Mm -hmm. If y'all, if all of his behavior in the relationship, even if it were monogamous, like, was that a fulfilling, giving you everything you needed? Um, or was he like not giving you enough attention or? There was a time. There was a time when I felt that. But like, I think the other thing, and this was really hurtful for me too. Huh. Because we ended up all living together. That's how I came to New York. I came to New York with them. So like I've my first time in New York, I didn't even count because I was living with the two of them who were so in love. And like they're using my wedding presents. Like his family's rich. So I don't know if you know this, but rich people make donations for wedding presents. My family is so broke that like four of them would go in on a nice gift. And so this girl was like using all my wedding gifts. I'm like, stop. Like it was like just driving me crazy. And they had such a rapport and me and him hadn't been living together because I was in grad school. He was working on the other side of the country. And it was just like so painful. And then at one point he said, and I remember at the time it was like somebody had stabbed me in the heart. He was like, well, we just have better. We're more sexually compatible than you and I are. Like we have Ooh, more similar that's libidos. Not how to say it, dude. That's and not I how was to say like, it. I was so wounded. Now, in hindsight, looking back, because I w wanted to have sex way more than he did, mm. I'm like, okay, that's probably true. Like that's actually, but I couldn't hear it at the time. There's a thing he's trying to communicate, and there's mm -hmm. a way better way to say that that's softer and more mm -hmm. considerate for like, like how you felt. Right. Um, so, did you feel like you two were not as in love? When you moved out here in New York. Oh, we were so not as in love. Right. And so it was like not a good place to start. There was a point where- Polly's got nothing to do with it. Polly has nothing to do with it. And there was a, a time when I was like, okay, if you want to try to like save this marriage, I can't try to do this with her still in the picture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was like, I'll go. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and he started crying. I was like, I, you know, I love you both of you and i was just like i have to fucking leave like i can't yeah. like if i don't have if i don't if we can't resolve what we have and figure out what that is i can't continue to watch y'all be so in love mm -hmm. and um i like called his mom and and i was like i have to leave and she goes put him on the phone she was like that's your wife you have to work this out i it's just literally like i it's such a rich people thing she's like i invested a lot to this relationship <laughs> she meant energy she's like a social worker she's she meant energy but i also and I, I was like, oh, he goes, mom, I love them both. Like classic rich kid. He's like, I want both toys. I want both of them. And she goes, put Kate on the phone. And she was like, he's not for you. I'm so sorry. You're going to be fine. I'm so sorry. And it was so crazy because like I, the guy that I'm dating now, at one point early on in our, when we were dating, because we had a threesome with one of his exes, okay. which was like actually really fun. It was so fun because we like hooked up with her. We went 
back like we went back together to like my apart his apartment and she stayed in the hotel or whatever and it was like it was cute it was sweet it was cute we kept it cute and um didn't feel like a threat it wasn't it didn't feel like a threat it did right exactly but then a couple a while later because they're still friends and i actually love people who are still friends with their exes you know i think that's mm-hmm. so important they're still friends and he was like i was like well what's your dream vision for your life and he was like you know i would have a home here and a home here like you know we're like fantasizing and like and like it could be you and this other person and i but without realizing it, my body is like convulsing mm-hmm. as though I'm on an electric chair from the like, other person is the ex the or the ex husband. The other person is in the ex that we had the, the threesome right, with. Right, okay. And he didn't know like how traumatized right. I was from my and I didn't know either like how still traumatized I was from that experience. That I was like listening to it and just like shaking and he goes, uh, hey, like what's 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 happening right yeah. now? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm sorry. I like never want to live with someone like a third person ever again mm-hmm. i was like i have no interest in that like i can't even and he was like okay okay you you just asked he was like i just thought it could be fun and, and like it, it was never brought up again right. and like didn't push it didn't, didn't push it but it was like i didn't even i wasn't even aware how like physically repulsed i was by that idea for me just having like been there done that right until that happened because i couldn't i was like so disturbed from it um but then again, like, I mean, I have friends who who are in that scenario and it works for them. So, right. like, different strokes for different folks. Right, right. But not for me. But you are currently in a non-monogamous mm-hmm. relationship. Exactly. You are. Uh, and so what is it about this relationship? What is it about the way this dude's treating you uh, that mm-hmm. makes that possible for you? And that's different from whatever the ex-husband was like. I mean, who is suspect to me because he's just like, I want my 22-year-old who's exactly like you, but 22. I'm just like, any any man in his 30s who's insistent on romantically dating a 22-year-old, it's just always suspect to me. It's so funny because so many of the guys that I've dated are like, like it's maybe they're 23, maybe they're 24, but like the, the human brain doesn't stop developing or till like 25. Yeah. That's like, that's when you are still technically a youth. And so it's so funny because these guys will be like, I mean, they're very mature for their age or like, you know. Uh, anytime they say that, I'm just like, mm. And even me dating a 26-year-old, uh, he's 27 now, I was like, oh, I get why people date people younger because you can manipulate them. <laughs> I'm like, no, not that I was manipulating, but I just have so much more life experience, even after a couple of years, you know. You have life experience and crazy girl eyes that like will make them do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> oh, I wish that was true. I need to learn to harness that power more. This is why I want to talk to the the femdoms. The femdom. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but what what is it about this one that like what does he do for you that the other one didn't? It's really it he works really really hard to make sure that I feel like safe, to mm-hmm. make sure I feel heard, um to make sure we like talk about it, we talk about it with our friends. We're like, it's kind of a a two-way street, as cheesy as that sounds. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, he does therapy about it. I do therapy. And then this relationship with this other person where part of it is like, I really love this guy. And I'm like, if there is a world. The other person is. The girl he dated before me. Okay. uh, I mean, he dated many girls before me. But like um, the one he dated right before me was, he was like in a long relationship with someone for a couple of years. And then. He dated someone for a short amount of time and then like they're still in each other's lives. Sure. Even though she doesn't want to be with him, Mm -hmm. there's like 
a tether between the two of them. And like as someone who loves him, I'm like, if you have a chance, go for it, right? And I think that that's like a really loving place to be and vice versa, you know? And I think he's also an artist and so much to me of being an artist is like being open to the endless possibility of life, as cheesy as that is. And it's not to do something um, disrespectful and it's not to do something carelessly where it's like, I'm going to go run away with this person. It's, it's just like, a, um, we're squeezing all the juice out of this thing yeah. while we're on this fucking rock. We want rock. the marrow. Right? We want the bone marrow. Yes, we want the marrow. We want, we want it. it it's, um, I, I say that like for me, non-monogamy is not, it's not about the sex with other people. It's just like, it's about the freedom to explore opportunities that present themselves. Like if I'm in a loving, committed relationship, can I be on apps more or less? Sure. Can I not? look for fun fling random shit on reddit sure like but i still want to have the freedom to like explore opportunity and like have like some semblance of a sexual freedom um that's at least what it is for me it's like not about like oh i need this much sex in a month it's just yeah i just want to be able to like enjoy connections like with other people i love that so that and idea of enjoying connections is really yeah where our conversations have stemmed from because we're both artists and we like to like spark with people yeah whether or not it's like coming together over ideas and even um you know going to the like the idea of the sperm like you know you're saying like it could be a big turnoff for a guy to get somebody pregnant but from a biological standpoint like you know the penis is shaped like that as um what is it jesse jesse barring as jesse barring said um to inseminate a woman and the reason you know i'm sure you know about new relationship energy so like so six months is like when a woman would get biologically pregnant so like six months can be really intense and then you have up to two years which is the most intense during a relationship so like that was because after six months you would ideally the chick would be pregnant and then it's enough time for the person who impregnated her to stick around through the most dangerous time of their youth so that there's an extra set of hands to like bring meat and bring food. And um, and then after two years, they could leave and, and like father another child. And that's kind of that like biological, from what I've read, uh, description of relationship energy, you know, from this very old primal yeah. reasoning. And so I am really big on, you know, like for me, I just know for me, even sometimes it's not even six months, but like, I'll have a spark with someone and it's like, I'll meet someone and it's electric. And I'm like, whoa. You got to remind yourself, be like, this is fun. This Enjoy is really the fun. fun, but remember what it is right this now. This is really fun. This is, and, this is chemicals. And yeah, it's chemicals. And, but also I want to enjoy them because I know after a while they're going to go away. Mm-hmm. And it's so, um, I, I don't think it's pessimistic of like, you know, and, and love goes away because obviously it can deepen and trust can form and all of these other things. But like, I really know so many couples who are like fully monogamous and I've told them like, you know, Oh, I'm ethically non-monogamous. And I'm saying this from a point where I'm way old, like old, I'm like, I'm way older, but I'm older. I have more life experience. And I'm not like, Oh my God, are you judging me? <laughs> Even though I'm still like, I'm like, are you judging me? But not like you, you can put but on the face of like, this is me deal with it. Yeah. I mean, a little bit more. And part of it is like, I live in New York city <laughs> and I'm like autonomous and you know, but I still want love and approval. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I um, I was I'm like I'm like I still want people to love me and not judge me. Um, 
going back to the idea of like, I'm like, what was I saying? I was like sparking. Well, it was like, it, I was, I, what I'm curious about was like, what, you know, is, you were listening to some things that this guy mm. now, your boyfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. does for you that your ex husband didn't, that maybe had your ex husband had right. the capacity to do for you, could have been a more loving husband right. and maybe had a more successful polyamorous situation. You right. know, when you were saying he makes you feel safe and makes mm. you feel heard, what does that look like? What are some examples of that? Yeah, I will get to what made me feel safe, but sure. I just remembered what I was going to say. So okay. I was, um, my point to this was that I know so many people in monogamous relationships who are like, who I explain the whole ethical non-monogamy to. And it's like, we want to be open to that spark with someone new. And they were like, oh, you know, my my partner who I've dated for seven years, he'll say we dated for seven years, but the first two years or three years or four years, he was breaking up with me every six months to go out with someone new. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny that he's like, oh, they've been together for seven months. And he's, she's like, and I miss sparking with someone. And she's like, I actually think if we were both more open-minded, we could do something like that and still be with each other because she's like, I haven't felt that like lightning bolt. And I've felt that recently. And like my partner that I'm dating has felt that recently. And it's cool for us to be like, go for that. Like, that's so fun for you. And also I'm going to see you like soon, right? Right. Um, we have plans on Thursday mm-hmm. and I know you have plans on Saturday with your, the, your, that whoever. Mm-hmm. And like, I hope you have fun on the thing because right. like, I know it's fun when I spark up with someone new. Mm-hmm. So I want you to be able to enjoy that too. Also, but, oh, and, and for me only because I do feel safe and secure in the underlying relationship that I can be cool with like, great. I hope you have a great threesome with that couple, but it's only because like, I know you're coming back to me. I know you love me and I know you want a future with me. Therefore I'm cool with all this. I become less cool with all this when this underlying thing no longer feels secure. Yeah. You know, cause mm-hmm. it, 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 for me, again, for me, it's not about like getting a bunch of random sex. It's just about like enjoying these connections, but also like having this loving, secure commitment. Attachment. You yeah. know, I want that person who if the nukes go up. I got someone to be evaporated next to i love that yeah that's what we all that's what i want well i mean like do you think the 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 boyfriend now could uh could potentially be that he could be we'll see we'll see but it's interesting because i'm i met yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah you just went from like "Mm, he could be but i don't know no he could be (laughs) but it's funny because it's like i met someone who was saying um what you were saying like i met a guy who literally was like Every girl I go out with, um, I tell them like I'm ethically non-monogamous and then without fail, they're just like, I want you all for myself, you know? And I was like, I'm curious, does that happen to you a lot? Well, that's no for a few reasons. One, I if it's um, a swiping situation, well, it's always in the bio because I'm getting out of the way. You can self-select yourself out, okay? I don't need to uh, try to like trick you into falling for me and then I throw, no, like you're like, this is me and you're gonna know this about me. And if it's not for you, like take care, there's a better match out there for you. Um, but then also like, I'm very publicly non-monogamous. I mean, like I talk, my sex life is like my work. I'm very easily, go- you Google me, you either find an old guy in a suit and that's my dad, uh, or you find like- What does my- your dad do? He's in like real estate development and shit. Um, and we have the same name, that's, mm-hmm. that's why I'm a junior. So, so you're happy doing the non-monogamy now? I am. And I what's am. what's changed about you that's making that feel okay? I think I've really healed some of my like. I mean, I say I've healed some of my childhood trauma. I still have a lot to go on, but like being able to feel safe mm-hmm. and being able to know like I can call a hard stop on this 
if I want to. The and, entire and get thing off. or any one so, instance? Um, the entire thing. I'm literally saying pretty much what you're saying with yeah. like, it's on the table. Like, this is what I, this is what I am. This is what I'm here for. And for me, it's like the ability to walk away is so much easier when I'm not married. Like being married and especially I wasn't anywhere near financially stable. This guy right. was supporting my lifestyle. Um, his family was at least. And I felt like I was like, well, shit, I got to go along with this. And like my whole family acted like this marriage was the best thing that would ever happen to me. Like because of the money because of, and who he like, because of everything, like he was well educated. He was smart. He was nice. He, he, you know, he talked pretty, um, <laughs> right? Like they, there were just, they were like, Oh, this is amazing. Like your life is amazing. Yeah. And so I was like, I can't fuck this up. Like whatever you want to do. And now it's like, I've been, uh, you know, I, rebuilt my life after destroying it from the ground up with you know out the resources that I had and so it's like oh if I'm dating someone and I don't like what they want in life I can walk away and that's really easy for me Mm -hmm. and I think for me the biggest problem I run into now is that my my gut instinct is like you know what I'm gonna leave like (laughs) I know it is really sad I'm like or you should leave or I'm gonna leave well how long have you been with the boyfriend um, I don't want to say how long because I don't know and I don't want to be rude because he might also listen. <laughs> but it's like long enough. Like, and then there's also like some wiggle months. It's like under a year, but like eight to nine months. It's a significant relationship, but it's not like a multi-year relationship. Like okay. a sum. Like it's like been. Yeah, it's like nine, sure. maybe even 10 months. But there were also times when we were first together where it was kind of like stop and go because I was doing that thing where I'm like, hey, this isn't, it was funny because after a couple of weeks I was like, I want to date you. And he's like, I don't want to label anything. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to date this other person. He's like, no, I want to date you, Mm. you know? So it was like a little, a little touch and go. And he was healing from something. Um, and I was healing from something. So does this feel like this, but this, does this feel sturdy now? Yeah, 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 yeah. It really does. And really supportive and really loving and like, we have that ability to, like I said, spark with other people. So, I'm still so mad because I got kicked off of Tinder. Huh? Oh, and it you was got my kicked favorite, off Tinder too? It was my favorite app ever. Oh, you can get, you just, got kicked off of Tinder? Yeah, I don't even know why. They don't tell you. You just like log on one day and it doesn't let you. I have an idea. Yeah, you have an idea? I told Who'd someone to fuck off and die. Oh, that definitely was it. <laughs> and that was definitely it. <laughs> it was literally like right before I got kicked off. But yeah, you're to not be allowed fair, to tell people to die. <laughs> I said, fuck off and die. And to be fair, he told me, he was like, congratulations on the weight loss. And my weight fluctuates a lot. But I was right. like, what are you talking about? Like, he, goes, he should fuck off and die. You're just not allowed me. to say that on Tinder. He was nagging me. <laughs> yeah. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, the difference between this picture and this picture. And then I literally look at it and it wasn't even, they were like very close together. But my friend, I was like, my, I thought it was like, oh, my friend is a fashion designer and she designs where you can like wear zero through eight. So it's like the clothes are loose and flowy. And I was going to mm-hmm. explain all that. And instead I was just like, fuck off and it, die. Absolutely. And then, absolutely. so my friend is actually, one of a girl I knew worked as a moderator on Tinder where when people report them, they look at it. And one of the things they look at is, did this conversation escalate? And she was like, oh, with that scenario, it probably that's exactly what happened. And the reason that you got kicked off was that he just said, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, like, what are you what are you talking about? And he said, this photo to this fo- photo great job on the weight loss, you know? And then I'm just like, fuck off and die. Right. So they didn't know my thought process 
And it we all been understand why you got there. I agree with Tinder you how you got it. there. Tinder's rules are you can't tell people to and die that quickly. this was years ago. Yeah. How, but you just make just make a fake make a Google Voice number and then sign up with that Google Voice number <gasps> and then voila voila you have a new account. Congratulations. <gasps> Oh my I'll god. I'll see you on Tinder. No. <laughs> oh my god. It was the best. Yeah. No, it's great. Um also Field. I like Field. If you like I some swiping. It was, is it Feld? Feld. Field, whatever. However you say it. Um that's definitely like the sexier it's the trendy Tinder. one. That's the it's trendier just, one. It's just the more But so many you know, of my friends it, it that's what they say it's the kinkier Tinder, but like the most boring people I know are on that app. Because they're trying to be exciting. And good for them. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that like ENM is like so in the cultural zeitgeist now and polyamory mm. and like everyone's I, I giving love it a try. That. Everyone's going to I sex parties now. I think everyone's everything everyone's by now. Everyone's going to sex parties now. I, I people are trying nominography. I think everyone's realizing, yo, we don't know how much time we got. I have a lot of um gay friends in San Francisco and one of them had they organized an orgy and it was like must be five, seven and under to go to it. A and short king fest. It was a short king fest, and <laughs> and they had he. My friend uh, was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I always have a rule: don't hog the swings, don't hog the sex swings." And uh, he said, like that there were so many sex swings because they like five people brought them because you know so you get he was like you get yeah. like one whore in the sex swing all night mm-hmm. and other people want to play but he said he was so short and that they hung it too high and th- that he couldn't get out of it <laughs> and so he had signs that was like don't hog it was his party don't hog the sex swing and he said he was just stuck in there until somebody came and he's like can you <laughs> can you help me um, and are sex parties like part of your repertoire or was it just They're that one? They're not. And I actually, there's a lot of people from my experience that I was like, I don't want to fuck that person. Like, I'm not really into that person. So what I want to do now is like um, one of my friends who's ethically non-monogamous and she's kind of like a mentor to me. She's so lovely <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> yeah. She's just so, she's also a therapist by trade and mm-hmm. she, um, dates multiple people and like really loves multiple people at once and is really good to all of them and to herself. And we were talking about like doing a week in a way where it's not just like a party where like, you know, you can have breakfast and dinner and hang out. Like we go to like Tahoe. I mean, she's in the Bay area. So that's like a not undoable like couple road trip Mm -hmm. or like me and friends go to, um, you know, upstate. And I was reading and I love John early. Do you know who this is? The comedian? Uh, yeah. Uh, he the, he wrote and he was interviewed in Interview Magazine, Andy Warhol's magazine or whatever. And it was like how to throw a good party. And one of them was you want to create an environment which could facilitate group sex, something yeah. like that. And I was like, those are all the parties I want to go to anyway, where it's like at any second, like this could happen. It's that, just kind of fun. It's just nice to know that I've been I've been throwing man con every year the right way, apparently. Uh, yeah, you don't throw an orgy. You just foster an environment where one could break out. There you go. Fantastic. Glad I'm doing something right. Um, Kate, thank you so much for for coming and sharing uh, the sham and the polyshammer. <laughs> um, but you know, where can people go to find you, find your work, find what you're doing? Um, they should find me because I'm going to be doing a version, like some of the story. I'm going to be doing a solo show, hopefully at Union Hall. I'm waiting to hear back from them. Um, that's I'm, I've retired polyshammery because mm-hmm. I'm over that. Sure, but it's going to be like inclusive of like that experience and some other stuff. But I have an email list that you can sign up. Stalk me. I'm at Kate Robards on all of the socials. Um, 
And like, if you holler at me, DM me or whatever, I respond. I'm like, I love my fans, all 10 of them. I need all the attention, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, you're so, it's like, am I being too available? Is I that? Missed, I missed a flight <laughs> the other day and they were like, uh, I was trying to check in and they were like, um, you know, customer needs attention. Mm-hmm. And it was the best. They kept saying, oh, cu- it's customer needs attention. So they kept going up the chain. You're like, we need a manager. We need. So I had all of this attention. I was like, this is my dream. <laughs> I love this. I want to date all of you. I love you all. <laughs> Well, everyone, go give her a follow. Uh, and Kate, thanks again for, for coming by. Thank you so much. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Bye, y'all. <laughs> if you enjoyed my chat with Kate, I've got a bonus episode coming out tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. All of my $5 and up fan hordes are going to get a little cutting room floor action. Um, some stories, some clips that didn't make the main episode. We kind of got all over the place. We ran over time. So there wasn't really time to like do a dedicated bonus app. But there was so much. Like we recorded like an hour and 20 minutes. You only heard like a little under an hour here. So, you know, if you want some more, if you want the bonus, you got to go join my Patreon. You'll get access to that bonus episode at the $5 or higher up levels. And you know what? You, you know, not only will you get her bonus episode, you get access to over 200 bonus episodes of the Man Whore podcast. Most of your favorite guests have a bonus episode up on the bonus feed. Rachel Steele, Nina Hartley, Venus Cuckoldress herself, and she's a patron. Become a member today, support my work, gain access to more content at patreon.com slash podcast. If you don't already, make sure you're following me on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my places. I'm on the ticky-tocky at the Billy Presida, but you know, I don't, I'm... I'm figuring out what I can do there. But I'm mostly active on Twitter, at TheBillyPresida, Instagram, at BillyIsPresida. I'd love to hear what you thought about this week's episode. If you have a comment, a question, a criticism, you can send any and all of that over to manhorpod at gmail.com. I used to say, oh, if you've got comments, questions, titty pictures, but now, you know, unsolicited titty pictures. We're all about the gender equality these days, right? Well, unsolicited titty pictures, not always the best either. The best place to send your unsolicited titty pictures with a tip attached is at OnlyFans.com slash CallMeBilly. Let me be your wonderful, very attentive, very loving, very complimentary internet boyfriend. And boy boys and NBs and everybody else, hey, I'm straight, but my wallet is very bisexual. I'm happy to flirt with all of you. Over on my OnlyFans at Call Me Billy. Uh, folks, turns out I need a new roommate. This sounds like the thing you'd put in the intro in the monologue, but I don't know why I'm, I'm putting it back here. My roommate dumped me uh, this month. My my ex my ex dumped me last month. I'm starting to get really worried about my pot dealer. I might need a new number in April. Mm, I don't know. In case anyone has a Good salary who doesn't own subwoofers and maybe enjoys a clothing optional household in Bushwick. Maybe you're thinking about moving. Hey, is it normal to like solicit for roommates on a on a podcast? I don't know. It's probably not appropriate, but all the same, everybody stay safe out there. Stay sane. And most importantly, stay slutty. Are you looking to start a podcast? Want to use audio as a marketing tool for your small business? 
enjoy free credits when you use my promo code Billy at Libsyn.com. That's Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or click the link in the show notes.